First Timothy chapter two, verses one through six. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do thank you, God. Thank you that we can see and that we can hear and that we can walk and run and feel with our fingers and taste food with our tongues, Lord God, and just all the stuff, Lord God, of life that's so beautiful and you're so good to us, Lord. And we pray right now, God, for this Bible lesson for this morning that you would bless it. This is a very special day, Lord, for our country. It's the 4th of July, Lord, the day where we celebrate the independence of our country, Lord. And so, Father, we're so blessed, and we ask you to bless this message and bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting at verse number 1, the Bible says this. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks, there it is, giving of thanks, be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Now, I've read from this section of Scripture many, many times, and uh, I think it's familiar to all of us, especially when we are celebrating patriotic and special days like today in our nation's history. Now, I know that we all realize, and I think that we can all agree, that our nation is facing some very serious issues and concerns. And and believe me, I have a whole long list of things that I can share with you here this morning. Uh, Serious concerns, serious issues, serious challenges, things that we really need to be concerned about. But in spite of all this, I believe that we can all agree that America is still the greatest country in the world. Can I hear a loud amen to that? Hallelujah. In spite of all the troubles and all the difficulties, the United States of America is still the greatest country in the world. And for those of us who have the privilege of being able to live here and raise our families here, we need to remind ourselves from time to time of how truly blessed we are again i'm going to embarrass myself just being able to go into a clean bathroom that works hallelujah for that praise the lord for that hallelujah thank you jesus now i know that speaking for myself i can at times get very discouraged and frustrated and bogged down with the things that i see going on in our nation things that i believe also grieve the heart of our God. And at times, I even get upset with myself because of the things that go on in my own personal life that I believe hurt the heart of God. And at times, I can lose perspective because, I mean, I can just focus on all the negative and all the darkness and and all the bad things, and I, I can lose perspective. But then I begin to reflect on the good and great things about our nation and how awesome and great our God is. Today is the 4th of July. Today we celebrate the birth of our great nation, the United States of America. And today, in spite of all that is going on, we celebrate how great and awesome and powerful our nation is. And it 
is still a nation that looks to an awesome and powerful and good and merciful and glorious God for help and for guidance and for protection and for blessing. And I wanted us to just, just to kind of encourage us here this morning to just watch this video together. And I hope that it will encourage you and remind us of how special our country is, of the good things and the beautiful things that are part of our country. Now, I don't know, is this able to work, the uh, video? You guys have to help me here. Okay. Yes or no? It either is a yes or a no. Nobody's talking to me, church, so I'm in limbo here. Is it going to work, Danielle? No? Okay. So what I was going to show you is a video of some of the most beautiful places in the United States. Okay? And it's pretty awesome. I, I like to watch these videos uh, with the music um, because it, it inspires me. It makes me feel good, and it encourages me. But since we don't have the video, who can name, let's name some of the famous places in America. I have a list here, but who can name some of the most famous, beautiful places in America? Yes, Darlene. The Grand Canyon. Yes, Ter. Okay. Yes, David. Niagara Falls. Yes. Uh, way in the back. Mount Rushmore. Yes, Eddie. Yellowstone Park. Anybody else? Okay. Yes. Yosemite. Yes. Pacoima. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah for Pacoima. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that was good, Bobby. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me just give you a list here, okay? Now, just try to imagine. You have to use your imagination. Just pretend there's a big, giant screen here, okay? And America the Beautiful. Yes, Terry. Hawaii. Very good. And America the Beautiful is playing. And you're, and you're watching this big screen with these beautiful pictures of the Grand Canyon, the Pacific Coast Highway, and Big Sur, and Mount Rushmore, and Niagara Falls, and Yosemite. These are the ones that you've already mentioned. And even in the, the deserts, the beautiful deserts, and the beautiful lakes, and the caves, and the caverns in Utah, and Arizona, New Mexico. And how about the Statue of Liberty, and the Washington Monument, and the White House, and the Lincoln Memorial, and all of our military. I had pictures of military personnel, and the first responders, and churches, and preachers of churches, and, 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 and doctors, and nurses. And how many of you know that America is beautiful? Can you say amen, church? I mean, it's awesome being able to see all these things. Go on the internet, and, and just look for these images of America and the song, America the Beautiful, playing in the background, I'm telling you, it'll encourage you. It'll lift you up out of the darkness and out of the, out of the uh, depression and out of all the overwhelming problems. And, and you begin to see that, you know what? Our God is big and he's awesome and he's great. And he created these beautiful natural wonders around the world. Praise God. And we have good people in this country. Can you say amen? And as citizens of this great nation, we can do many good things to bless our nation, to support our nation, to show love and commitment to our nation. We can be good citizens. We can vote. We can be patriotic. We can salute the flag. We can sing the national anthem. We can show uh, courtesy to all people. We can obey the laws. We can pay our taxes. We can 
respect the law and our leaders, we can choose to be nice to one another. How many of you know that it's a good thing just to choose to be nice to one another, to open the door for someone? The other day, I opened the door for someone at the bank, and they were shocked that somebody even cared to open the door for them. But here in our text for this morning, as the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to one of his young disciples and pastors named Timothy, the Holy Spirit tells us or instructs us uh, of three things that we can do if we truly want to bless America, if we truly want to support our nation that we love, and if we want God to continue to bless our nation. Yes, we can be good citizens. Yes, we can vote. We can be patriotic. We can salute the flag. We can sing the national anthem. We can show courtesy to all people. We can obey the laws. We can pay our taxes, respect the law and our leaders. We can choose to be nice to one another. But the best thing that we can do that it tells us here in the Bible is to pray for our country. That's the best thing that we can do if we love America. How many of you love America here this morning? Amen. God says, pray. Pray for your country. Let me read it again. It says this in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It says this, Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. We need to remind ourselves that when the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, the world was under the rule of the Roman Empire. And if you don't know anything about the Roman Empire, I would encourage you to study the history of the Roman Empire. It was cruel, it was mean, it was harsh, it was brutal, and it was godless. Actually, they had a lot of gods, okay? But the Roman Empire and its leaders were not God-fearing people. The only people that served the true and living God in the days of the Roman Empire uh, were the Jewish people and the young church of Christian Believers, those were the only ones that were serving the Lord during this time. Otherwise, the world was in darkness spiritually. How do we know this? That the world was in darkness in this season when Christ came into the world and when the Apostle Paul was writing this. Listen to the words that tell us of the condition of the world when Jesus Christ our Lord began his ministry over 2,000 years ago. Uh, now, in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, I'm going to read it right now, but let me set it up. Jesus had just completed spending 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness without any food. He did drink water, but he had no food. And he faced the horrible temptations of the devil. And then after that, he came out of there. And Jesus then heard that John the Baptist, who was actually his cousin, had been put into prison. And in Matthew chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, it says this. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. What was the condition of the world? It was darkness spiritually. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
For, so for those of us that feel that our nation is in trouble, and yes, it is. We need to continue to pray for our nation. But compared to the way the Roman Empire was and compared to the way the world was when Jesus entered the world, believe me, what we're going through as a nation right now is nothing compared to the evil that existed in the days of Christ during the time that Jesus came into the world. There was serious darkness and serious trouble because of rebellion and sin and idolatry. And yet here the Holy Spirit is instructing this young pastor named Timothy to pray for all men, to pray for kings and all who are in authority, to pray for them, even if some of them or all of them were ungodly people. Listen, America is still the greatest nation in the world. America is still the most generous nation in the world. America is still the most technologically advanced nation in the world, even though we can't get that video working right now, but that's okay. And America, and according to Christianity today, the United States is still the number one country in the world of total missionaries sent out into the world, evangelizing and obeying the words of Jesus to go out into all the world and to preach the gospel to all the nations. America is still number one, church. I want to encourage you. And just to encourage you even more. In America, there are still millions of Christians that fear God. And if we want to continue to see America blessed, we need to pray and seek the Lord's blessing. Listen, even though our media is controlled by all kinds of liberal uh, opinions, and don't let the media fool you. The Christians, the people that fear God, far outnumber those who don't in the United States of America. And I want to encourage you with that news. Praise God for that. Now, the second thing that the Holy Spirit tells Timothy to do is to live righteously. To strive to live righteously. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Listen to the last part of verse 2. Let me read it again. It says this. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence the bible mentions the words godliness and reverence reverence for almighty god a little while ago uh, we mentioned some of the positive things about the united states of america some of the beautiful places around here in the united states of america uh, we were reflecting on some of the good people our soldiers our doctors our nurses our first responders the preachers all these these people that that make america great and good and beautiful and awesome and powerful and blessed by our god and and we saw these great images of, of people and cities and, and, and all these things. And I believe that we were all encouraged by being able to focus on the positive images rather than the negative. How many of you were, would, would agree with me? Can, can you say amen that we get encouraged when we look at the positive images of our country? But if I wanted to discourage you and me, I could show you other images Images of how you and I as people have polluted our rivers and destroyed forests 
and landscapes. I could discourage you by showing you images and videos of, uh, of how you and I as people have killed off certain animal species, both on land and in the ocean. I could also show images of people in prison or the violence of war or the violence of people committing suicide or terrorist attacks. Believe me, there's lots of these images on the internet too that can really get you depressed and discourage you. And discourage you. I can show you images of orphans or and aborted babies and children in foster care and people whose lives have been destroyed by drugs and alcohol. Even last night, even last night, it was really strange. Uh, I was busy all day, but I wanted to see the basketball game with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. And the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously, they, they won yesterday, for those of you that are NBA fans. And so now the Milwaukee Bucks are going to play the Phoenix Suns for the championship. I'm a little bit depressed because the Lakers aren't in there. I'm a little depressed because the Clippers aren't in there. But it's okay. I'm still going to watch it because I enjoy watching basketball. After the game, I was still busy doing some other things. So I turned off the TV, got busy. Then at around 10 o'clock at night, I finished everything that I needed to do. And I had some time, so I wanted to watch a little TV. And it just so happened, it was around 10, maybe a little after 10 o'clock, and it just so happened that the channel, when I turned it on, it was on channel 5, and the first thing I see when I turn on the TV, the first thing I see is, I guess there was some kind of a protest going on in Los Angeles yesterday, and I see like these 10 guys dressed in these black ninja shoot suits. And they were jumping on this guy and beating him up, beating him up. I mean, it was crazy. That's the first thing I see. And then right after that, I see this other guy who is all tagged with tattoos and, and he's shirtless. And he's got a chain in this hand and he's got a chain. I'm not talking about a big chain on each hand. And then he starts whacking away at these guys wearing the ninja suits. It was crazy. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then after that, I changed the channel because it was, it was discouraging me to see this violence. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. It was awful. So I changed the channel, and then, uh, thank God, I found Star Trek. Hallelujah. I'm talking about old school Star Trek with Captain Kirk, okay? Now, in case you don't know, I'm a Trekkie, okay? I, I love Star Trek. I like all the originals, okay? But, but I got depressed all over again because Captain Kirk and the crew and the Enterprise, they were being swallowed up by a giant amoeba and it was discouraging me. It was breaking my heart because Captain Kirk and the Enterprise, it, they, they thought that they were going to die. Now, I've seen this thing about 10 times already, so I already know how it's going to end. <laughs> But it was still discouraging me because the Enterprise was going to be swallowed up by a giant amoeba. Now, listen. The reason I like Star Trek so much is because it reminds me. You're going to think I'm nuts. You can send me to the mental institution afterwards. That's okay. It reminds me of church. Okay? To me, the church is the enterprise. Okay? And I like to pretend that I'm Captain Kirk. Okay? And my job before my Lord Jesus is to protect the enterprise. No matter what happens, no matter what loss or sacrifice I have to deal with, I have to protect the enterprise. Okay? And so uh, the reason that it reminds me of, of church and, the, you know, Star Trek is very spiritual. Because, you see, the, 
Those of you that are Trekkies, who is the worst enemy of the Enterprise and Captain Kirk? Who's the number one enemy? Who knows? The Klingons. The Klingons. So I say to myself, it's just like church. You know, I have this, this Klingon of drugs that's trying to attack. I have this Klingon of alcohol. And I have this Klingon of, of porn. And I have this Klingon that wants to cling on to me of witchcraft and sorcery. And I have this Klingon that wants to cling to me of rage and murder. And you and I as Christian people, we need to rebuke those Klingons. Those demons that want to destroy our lives. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? I'm not crazy. I'm not losing my mind, okay? But isn't it interesting that the show uses the word Klingons for the enemy of the enterprise? And it reminds me of demons that want to cling onto our hearts and onto our minds and onto our souls that want to destroy us. And they're our enemies. And and we have to make sure that the enterprise stays safe. And then we have the the Romulans who are trying to seduce the Enterprise. And then we have the Borg. Those of you that know who the Borg is, the Borg, they're trying to assimilate the Enterprise. They want the Enterprise to be like them. And, And the devil wants the church to be like the world. And we have to make sure that the Enterprise stays safe and healthy and strong and going through space to discover more of Jesus. Can you say amen? So that's why I get off on Star Trek. Anyways, now that you know how insane I am. My point is this. I can show you images of all these real, negative, terrible, awful things. Wicked, warped, and twisted things that are going on in our nation. And sadly, this too is America. And in the midst of all this, God is challenging you and I, who are the people of God, that if we want to bless America, then we need to strive to do what it tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says that we need to strive to live a life of godliness and reverence. Let me read it again. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Number one, we need to pray. And second, God desires that we strive to honor him, to live and walk in the fear of the Lord, that we reverence him and glorify him and reflect his glory in our lives. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, it says this, do all things without complaining and disputing. Pastor Jerry, stop being a crybaby. Just trust in the Lord and keep going forward that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. People of God, does our God know that this world is in darkness? How many of you understand? He knows that the world parties. He knows that the world has orgies. He knows that the world is wicked. He knows that the world is out of control. He knows that the world is lost. But he also has the church, the church of the living God, you and I, in the midst of this darkness. And he says, I want you to be different. I want you to reflect God's glory by how you live. Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. 
I mean, these Klingons, man, we were constantly having to fight the Klingons and the Romulans and the Bor- and all these villains. You know, without villains, there would be no Star Trek. You need villains to make things exciting. But we need to, the thing that makes it exciting is that we have to have victory over the villains and not be destroyed by them. We have to remember that our Lord is righteous and he rewards those who choose to walk in righteousness, especially when we strive to live righteously in an environment that is contaminated with sin. Listen, we live in Southern California. This is a capital of sin and darkness and chaos and wickedness. There's all kinds of madness going on around us. But listen, Noah was able to live successfully in an environment of sin. Lot was able to live successfully for God in righteousness in an environment of sin. Abraham did it. Joseph did it, Daniel did it, Jeremiah did it, Moses did it when he was living in Egypt. And you know what? You and I can also live a godly life here in Southern California for the glory of God. You can do it. I can do it. Why? Because we love God and because we love our country. Listen to what Proverbs 11 says. Proverbs 11, 11, New Living Translation. Upright citizens are good for a city and make it prosper. But the talk of the wicked tears it apart. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34, New Living Translation. Godliness makes a nation great, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 14. Justice and right will make you strong. You will be safe from the oppression and from oppression and terror. James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, let me remind you, in a little while, we're going to receive communion. Let me remind all of you who are Christians, who are born again, who love the Lord. You have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. You have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. And because of the blood of Jesus, you have the right to call upon the name of the Lord in any situation. And the Bible says that your prayer is powerful. Powerful because of the blood of Christ and because you're using the name of Jesus. Let's read our text again and focus on what it tells us in verse 3. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says this. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good. Listen to this, verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. I believe that all of us, deep down in our hearts, our greatest desire is to please God, to please the Lord. And if we want to please the Lord, he's telling us what to do to please him. If we strive to do what the Bible tells us in verses 1 and 2, the Bible tells us that this is considered to be good and acceptable to our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It pleases God. It honors God. It blesses God. We find these same words, the word good and acceptable, and the word God in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, 
acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, and here's those words, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God honors righteousness. I guess we all have to ask ourselves the question. Do we want to be part of the problem or do we want to be part of the solution? Do we want to be, do we want to grieve the heart of our God and Savior or do we want to do what is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior? The third thing that the Holy Spirit tells us to do if we want America to be blessed is to help people to come to the knowledge of salvation. Let's read our text again and this time we're going to focus on verses four and five. First Timothy chapter two verses one through five says this therefore i exhort first of all that supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence for this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior who desire all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth for there is one god And one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Here is the reality of how the majority of people get saved. They have to hear the gospel from someone. Did you hear what I just said? They have to hear the gospel from someone. I like what Teddy did. He invited his friend Kurt to church here today so that he could hear the gospel. I don't know if Kurt knows the Lord or not, but here he is in church and he's hearing the gospel. Praise God. Those people that are tuning in online, maybe you've never been to church before. Maybe you don't want to go to church. Maybe you're afraid to go to church. Maybe you're intimidated about going to church, but you're listening. You're hearing the gospel and that's going to help you to get to know God. Romans 10, verses 13 through 14 says this. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a very powerful statement that God makes. God is speaking and he says this. Whoever you are, if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. It doesn't matter if you're a murderer. It doesn't matter if you're a molester. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO. It doesn't matter if if you're this or that. No matter how much wrong you've done, no matter how much good you've done, no matter how uneducated or educated, it doesn't matter who you are. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I don't know why God chooses to do things the way he does, but this is the way it is. You got to tell people about God. You got to share your faith with people. Let them know who you are and who you believe in and what you're all about and why you believe what you believe. That's how people come to God. Speaking only for myself, I came to faith because of two young ladies that were speaking about Jesus Christ and and his soon return. One of these young ladies, uh, her name was Linda, and the other was Monica Crawford. So Monica 
If you're listening right now, if you're tuning into the service right now, I want to say thank you for introducing me to Jesus Christ. It's because of your witness that I'm here right now preaching the gospel in this church. Think about that, church. Someone just, I just listened to a conversation, and it helped me to know Jesus. Praise God. Uh, just for, me, for myself. I'm sure you guys have your own personal testimonies. This is, this is the way most people come to faith in Christ. They hear the gospel from someone. Now, once in a while, we do hear of people coming to Christ because they see a vision or they have some kind of a prophetic dream. That also happens. This is what happens to many Muslims who convert to Christianity. Now, after our church here today, we're so blessed that we do share this this church building with a an Iranian congregation. So they're going to have a Christian service in the Farsi language, which is a language for the Iranian people. And it is an Iranian congregation. And the majority of these were formerly Muslims, former Muslims converted to Christianity. And some of these people, believe me, they have spectacular testimonies. I mean, amazing testimonies, supernatural testimonies of of visions that they've seen from the Lord. But these kinds of conversions are very rare. Did everyone hear what I just said? Very rare. They're special and they're powerful, but they're very rare. So this leaves us with personal one-on-one conversations with people. Or you can invite someone to church. Or you can invite someone to a small group Bible study. Or you can simply hand them a track. Or you can come with us on Saturday, this Saturday, when we the, when the Life Squad goes out to Canoga and Sherman Way. We're going to meet there at 10.30 in the morning. And you can stand out there with us and just simply hand out tracks. Or just smile at someone and, and just encourage someone. First Peter 3.15 says this, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Be ready to tell people why you believe in Jesus. Be ready to tell people why you have hope. Do you love America? If you love America... And if you love God, you will do these three things. Number one, you will pray. We need to pray for America. We need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for people to get saved. Number two, if you love America and if you love the Lord, you must be willing to present your body as a living sacrifice that honors the Lord God by a life of righteousness, holy living. That means resisting the Klingons, resisting the, the demons and, and all the, the evil that's around us that our flesh wants. But we got to stay away from it and live our lives for the glory of God. And it means that we must be willing to share our faith with Christ, about Christ with those who are around us. That's my challenge to all of us, including myself, here today. We can shout as much as we want, but if we're not doing these three things, then we really don't love America, and we really don't love God. God is challenging us to do these three things, church. Let's keep America strong. Can you say amen? And let's keep America a nation that loves and fears and serves a holy God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for our country right now, Lord, and we ask you to continue to bless it. I know, Lord, I know that it's because of social media, 
and how the liberal uh, community controls the media. It makes it seem like our, our nation is really messed up, and, and it does have its problems, Lord. But I also know, Lord, that there are millions and millions of God-fearing people in this country that love you, Lord, and that love this nation and that are willing to honor you by praying, by living righteously, and by sharing our faith with people. Help us to do that, Lord God, faithfully. If you're here this morning and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die today or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that's you here this morning, you are not a Christian and you want to surrender your life to the Lord, just lift up your hand. You are not a Christian and you want to surrender your life to Jesus. Those of you watching online, you are not a Christian and you want to serve the Lord. I want to lead you in a prayer of repentance. Just repeat these words with me right now. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I understand that I am a sinner. I am part of the problem that this nation faces. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And today, I desire to be part of the solution. I pray that you will receive me as your child. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. So if I die... For if you come back for us, Jesus, I will go to heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for your death on the cross that paid for my sins. Today, I receive the free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer of repentance, accepting Jesus Christ, then I want you to know you are saved. You're on your way to heaven. You are a child of God. You are forgiven. And God has great, great plans for you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. We're going to go ahead and prepare for communion.